Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. That's it. It's all over. The 2022 NFL Draft has reached its conclusion. The Cardinals made five picks on day three. We'll discuss all five. Plus, what's next? Are there still some positions of need? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 560, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. We made it, MJ. Day three of the 2022 NFL Drafts, and it is all over. All that preparation, all that homework out the door. All done. Now we move forward. But we do want to talk about what happened on day three. But congratulations. We got through three days of the National Football League Draft. And I'll say this, I mean, we, we focus so much on, on the first round and, and then, you know, after three months or four months of mock drafts, 45 guys think they're going in the first round, so they come into the league with a chip on their shoulder, which is fine. I mean, if whatever motivation you need. But when we get a chance to hear these draft picks, so what happens is the Cardinals will call the player. Um, they'll, they'll talk to likely the entire crew between the owner, the GM, and the head coach, and then they'll pass them down to the media. And I can't tell you how many of these guys, I mean, they all think they're going to go earlier than they, 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 well, you know, certain teams will tell you if you're there and then all of a sudden they, they got another need or another pick and they trade a pick. But it's just so you could just tell, and they really they want to get off the phone fast, but they want to give their story because their family's there and they always say, be safe and we'll see you soon. Um, but every single guy was like, and sometimes a couple of guys they drafted, there was contact. A couple guys was, yeah, I, I made a visit, but didn't really hear from them for the last couple of days. So it's fascinating how we get to this point, but I just love the stories and just how happy they are. A lot of them, uh, if you missed any of them, I should say, you can go to azcardinals.com to hear those calls because it is something special to hear the emotion on the other end of the line, the appreciation, the thanks, and a message from General Manager Steve Kime to not not overlook this moment, given all of the work that the individual, the family, has put towards this moment, no matter when you hear your name called, whether it's day one, day two, or day three. One that does stand out, and it is Colorado State tight end Trey McBride. Very appreciative, but this really stuck out to you because, at least to me and MJ, but when he told Kime, quote, I promise you won't regret this. I promise you that. Now, maybe going out on a limb, but believing in himself that maybe that this was supposed to happen. And now all of a sudden, McBride, who trained a couple of months prior to the draft here in Phoenix at Exos Athletic Training Center, now all of a sudden finds himself permanently in the state of Arizona. Well, I, I think it's very clear if you look at any of the rankings going in, this is the best tight end in the draft. And, you know, we look at these tight ends now, it's really about matchups. Can, can a linebacker cover them? Could a, could a safety cover them? And, you know, you look at the top uh, tight ends in the league, 
I mean, his measurables are just as good as anybody else when it comes to his catch radius and and, and obviously the way he runs his routes. And, and the fact is that, you know, he should be involved in this offense. Um, you know, he's going to have to learn the position like he like anybody else. But I, I'm, I'm really excited about that pick. And the fact that, again, another guy that wants to be here, he, he said if he had one choice and he spends time here, and he said it's Arizona, and never all these guys. Some guys haven't even um, been in Arizona before, you know. So it's it's always interesting. But yeah, um, again, a lot of these, when we go back and look at this draft, we know that you know a guy like McBride was a three ta three year captain. They usually go after captains. It means you have earned that right when you were in that certain spot, and now you come in here and you learn from the veterans. McBride is going to be the centerpiece of this draft class because there was no first-round draft pick. That was Marquise Brown. But when you want to talk about the 2022 Cardinals draft class, let's include Marquise Brown and just me, but I'm going to include Marco Wilson because that fourth-round pick this year was used last year. And I'm going to include Zach Ertz. Fifth round this year was used last year to acquire Ertz. But eight new faces, three edge rushers, two offensive guards, a defensive back, and a tight end, and a running back. But let's focus on what happened on day three because it was a long wait. Without a fourth or a fifth round selection, Cardinals had to wait until round six. It wasn't until the afternoon on Saturday. The 201st overall pick. And I know you've been talking about the position of running back a lot. And it is a day three selection. It is a sixth round selection. But the Cardinals did use one of their five picks on Saturday on a running back. USC running back Keontae Ingram, six feet, 221 pounds, a bigger back who can catch out of the backfield. Excellent size. And I like his size. And I like the fact that, you know, he was maybe he was a little bit heavier when he left Texas and he got his weight down. And this guy's a dual back, but I really like his size. And, you know, the Cardinals, unless something happens with Darren Williams, and right now you got a guy that's a plug-and-play guy, um, you know, we'll see. But I, I, I do think he can step in and be the backup running back. We all know that in Cliff reiterated on, on Saturday that it, it's it's James Conner and then everyone else. I mean, And they want competition. What does this mean for Eno, Eno Benjamin? We know Jonathan Moore is more – uh, a special teams player, Jalen Samuels. So I like the fact that, um, again, this is what I would do every year when it comes to that position, and he has the perfect uh, body to run behind this offense. You want, I think, that running back position, and to no fault of the running backs, it's just what's happened, and maybe it's cyclical. Maybe things work out and we don't see this trend, but more running backs are going to hear their name called in round three and later just because of the pounding that that position takes. You get that four-year contract, and it's okay, move on to the next. But here's what Ingram did last season. Honorable mention, all Pac-12, led USC with 911 rushing yards, almost six yards a carry. You love that. Caught 22 passes for 156 yards, limited by a rib injury, so only 10 games, seven starts. Began his college career at Texas. Midway through his junior year, he entered the transfer portal, chose to go to USC, and he did tell reporters on a conference call that there was a brief consideration about going back to school to play for Lincoln Riley, but made, quote, 
a grown man's decision, end quote, to enter the draft. So Ingram joining the likes of James Conner, Eno Benjamin, Jonathan Ward, and Jalen Samuels. That's five running backs right now, whether they add one as far as an undrafted rookie free agent, but five right now. But four of the five, all big backs as far as six feet and 220 pounds. The one who's not is Eno Benjamin, 59207. And I would believe they'll they'll have six when it's all said and done offseason workouts, OTAs, mandatory uh, uh, mini camp and then going into training camp and and I do think they're going to have to bring in at least one for an undrafted free agent. Decisive runner, quick feet, good hands in the passing game, can create yards after the catch, needs to improve his pass protection. Just some of the notes from scouts via various websites. I did like this quote told Pro Football Network leading up to the draft Quote, I have a violent running style, end quote. So to me, that means you're not afraid of contact, running between the tackles. Don't bounce it to the outside, which has been a little bit of a knock on him that he doesn't kind of see middle. He kind of likes to go where there's daylight on the outside. Well, I'll say this, though. He, he talked about running between the tackles and running outside the tackles. I think he's a guy that will try to run you over, and the Cardinals run that, that zone blocking scheme. So once you get to the second level, and you know he's going to be physical at the, at, the, at the line of scrimmage to get through there. In other words, you're not going to be able to arm tackle him, but he's a rookie, and you know, but the fact is you know, you don't have to go out and spend big money in free agency to bring it. You know, you gave Connor $21 million. We'll see how he holds up over the next couple of years. Clearly, he's going to get the, he's going to be the bell cow. Had a chance just to run in briefly to running backs coach James Saxon. Had a big smile on his face. Didn't ask him any questions, but he just had a smile on his face. So read into that what you will with respects to Ingram now being in his. Room. Well, the, I know the Cardinals did have interest in in Rashad White. Um, he went to the Buccaneers. Um, out of U, out of actually the U.S. out of ASU. Yeah, excuse and me. then Isaiah Spiller. He went uh, a little bit yesterday, and then today I didn't have any idea. This really, I I watched some highlights, and I liked the way he hit the hole, and then he was able to bounce outside, and that was when he was in a USC uniform. So Engram pick, first pick in round six, two hundred first overall. Now the Cardinals on the clock again with the two hundred fifteenth overall pick, and they go offensive line, specifically offensive guard. Out of Virginia Tech, Lasitas Smith, 6'3", 314, a two-time honorable mention all-ACC player at left guard. Started 11 games both in 2020 and 2021. So you address offensive line for the first time. Doesn't come until the sixth round, but going interior, which we had discussed as far as trying to help the middle because a lot of that pressure that Kyler does not like, and no quarterback likes it, but specifically for Kyler Murray, given his size, that pull or that push up front, now all of a sudden maybe this Cardinals team looking at interior versus on the outside. What I really like about both of these guys, and, and well, I'm talking about uh, Hayes, who they drafted with their final pick, but is, these guys got they got good weight. Uh, they're not light in the pants. I mean, I, I like when you offensive lineman's got a little belly sticking out, and, and they they got a good anchor. And, and I think that's been the issue for Josh Jones. I don't think he's got a good anchor. I mean, he looks like a tackle personally. You have to have an anchor to be able to take that explosion at the point of attack. And both of these guys have anchors. And so you look at it on paper. Um, Will Hernandez right now would be the starting uh, right guard, but Justin Pugh's not under contract next year. Hernandez is on a one-year deal. And so now you 
kind of flood the position. And then we'll see what happens with Justin Murray and Josh Jones. And right now, according to Kingsbury, Sean Harlow is the backup center. Okay, that I missed as we were doing Cardinals Draft Central, myself, Danny Sarek, and Paul Calvisi. So good notes on that because you're looking at the center spot. You got Rodney Hudson, and you're like, all right, who else do you have? Harlow made one start at center last season. The other starts were Max Garcia. He's now with the New York Giants. Now you do have Marcus Henry on the roster, who is a center. So that is your three deep, if you will. But to say Harlow is your backup, that's some new information. As of today. Well, that's right. <laughs> I love that. That's great. As of we're talking here on a Saturday that's, afternoon, that's what early he said. evening that's on what April 30th. That's how and, he, and, that's, and you have to, yes, he, you have to that, say that. That's what he said, as of today. <sighs> Brings to mind General Manager Steve Keim in 2019 in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. Josh Rosen is my starting quarterback right now. So Kingsbury. But, <laughs> I know it was Kingsbury. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about Kime. That was oh, that oh. was Kime in 2019. No, oh, Kingsbury oh, here in oh, 2022. No, no, no. That, it, I thought it was Kingsbury. No, it was Steve Kime. Steve Kime was asked about Josh Rosen. He said, "Right now." I got, we're going to go have to make a look at this. <laughs> Anyways. We, we digress. Here. Yes. But a good point as far as yes. it's Rodney Hudson, Sean Harlow, Marcus Henry, as far as your, D, your three deep on offensive and, and line. And normally they'll bring 15 to camp. So you have three at each position. And, of course, you, you got some guys that are getting along in the tooth. So you got to figure, you know, and I, I think it's important for these young guys to play in the preseason. One other note on Smith. Pro football focus, again, it's a tool – some guys like it, others don't. But when you're looking for information, according to PFF, Smith, over his last two seasons, only allowed two sacks out of 581 pass-blocking snaps. That's impressive. And, and and the thing here is when you when you look at it, um, they're not going to expect it to come in and play right away. So, they'll again, they'll get valuable reps. And I think Steve – Mentioned it again today, they got the best offensive line coach in football and Sean Kugler and, and then Brian Knack at the backup. All right. You mentioned Marquise Hayes, the Cardinals' last pick on day three, third of three picks in round seven, the 257th overall pick, Oklahoma guard Marquise Hayes, 6'5", 318, second team all Big 12, started all 13 games at left guard, and – and other Oklahoma products, which obviously maybe Kyler Murray knows a little bit about. Certainly there's great intel from Oklahoma as far as Cliff Kingsbury and his contacts in that area. But someone much like Smith, over 310 pounds, and according to scouts Hayes, a mauler, very good climbing to the second level as far as run blocking is concerned, which I'm guessing James Conner would love to hear. And what's interesting also, Craig, is a lot of times, like, I think the the one guard was more of a uh, play left guard. And, and, and it's I think it's more difficult to play left tackle and then obviously you got to play right tackle because you got to put your other hand in the dirt. Um, but, yeah, again, you got in this day and age, I mean, I wonder if any of these guys can snap. I mean, in this day and age, position flexibility – that's how you stay on a roster. That's how you get active on game day versus being a guy that's on the roster and, and not being active. 16 offensive linemen at the moment here, and that number will increase 
because, again, you build that 90-man, but right now 16 offensive linemen make up the roster so far. Let's continue on day three, round seven here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, their first selection in round seven, and they went with a cornerback out of Aldosta State, Christian Matthew, first-team all-conference selection. But what I really like, and I don't know if I've ever read, I don't think I've seen either, but Matthew, 6'4", 200 pounds. So that that's what was on the profile for NFL.com. You have new information? 6'2", 195. 6'2", 195. That sounds a heck of a lot better in terms of what you normally see out of a cornerback. So maybe Valdosta State increased some numbers a little bit, if you will. Well, I mean, he is still a long corner. I mean, 6'2", 195. True. Now, now he, he, he transferred a little bit, and he lost his eligibility. And, and he was asked, do you think you dropped because teams said that maybe you weren't committed? And he explained, my, I made a decision to transfer with my mother. They, they brought him, and they changed the coaching staff, and I wasn't in their plan. So he, he, he actually addressed every single situation. And the Cardinals brought him in. They had dinner with him, and they thought he has matured as a person. Like, you know, I want to be here. And they looked him in the eye. They, I believe they took him to Flemings um, in Ahwatukee here. And, yeah, he addressed everything. But he did – somebody – one of the reporters asked him, he said, do you think you dropped because of that? He goes, yes, I know that. Well, and then, one, that's great uh, um, insight from your part. And then just – understanding your own situation, talking about Christian Matthew and realizing that now all of a sudden I need to not build myself back up again, but there was a reason. And yeah, I dropped to round seven, but according to Steve Kime, physicality, press corner, which you always like to say is what Vance Joseph wants to do. Good speed, long arms, played wide receiver in high school, obviously given that six feet frame and, just under 200 pounds, but I do think now all of a sudden it becomes your eighth cornerback in the room as we speak, but someone that has got some height on him, which will come in handy against some taller wide receivers. I was told, now I know we're referring to the latter picks, I was told that the, a couple of, of the six-round picks will be active on game day. They're planning the two six-round picks. Now, again, you start looking at it um, – um, but I, I, they feel like the, the six-round picks at least will be on the roster, whether they're active on game day. So that it's not like it's a throwaway uh, round. And, and then the seventh-round pick, they're just going to have to earn their spots. Well, with respect to this 2022 draft class for the entire National Football League, we've talked a lot about it, whether it was General Manager Steve Keim or Drew Grigson talking about the talents on day three in the latter half of the round, round six and seven, the number of guys who chose to go back to school to play because of the pandemic and the ability to go back for an extra year of eligibility, and all of a sudden they stay in school and then come out. Now you've got more talents on the back end. And once again, sixth round, seventh round, those are long odds, but all you want is an opportunity get on a team, and then show what you can do. And I should be more clear. I think the running back from uh, USC, Ingram, he definitely is going to be in the rotation. As for uh, Smith, again, more of a depth guy. And 
You hope you see him in the preseason. All right, the last pick, and this may be one of those guys that we do see active on game day despite being a seventh-round selection and the 256 overall pick. Penn State outside linebacker Jesse Lucada, 6'3", 253. Honorable mention all Big Ten, 61 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss. Saw some of his film and a lot of his film that was highlighted on special teams as far as kick coverage and kick return. Now, in order for these day three picks to be active on game day, you have to make sure you catch the attention and the eye of assistant head coach and special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers because if you're a late round selection or if you want to be active and you're the third or fourth guy at your respective position, participate in special teams and then see what can happen on offense or defense. I'll tell you right. Go watch the highlights of Cameron uh, Thomas. You talk about a special teams player. This guy's flying around. Now, let's uh, let's go back because uh, we got some more information from Steve. When it comes to Cameron Thomas, he can play inside and outside. No, you're talking about Jesse Lucetta. We're we're oh, we're oh, talking about outside okay. linebacker no. Jesse, and and Kime did say that. So hold your thought. No, on but Thomas. He, but he also mentioned he can play inside linebacker. Yes, yes, that's what we're talking about yep. right now. Okay. Even with his frame, yes, the ability because yes. Okay, yes. his versatility and the ability to stop the run, and they'll work them both to see where he fits best. But in college, it was on the outside, but he might see a little bit more of a room to go inside and outside, depending on what is needed at a particular time. And he, I think he's like 240, 253 pounds. 53? Okay. Again, this is the NFL.com profile. Well, I think I think he was at 245. He wants to play at 255, but he okay. did have he had to gain some weight, and I think he's also dealing with an injury. According to scouts, relentless run defender, yep. which you love to hear, love to see, and then needs to continue to develop his array of moves as far as rushing the quarterback, and that's why I think yep. right now get his feet wet in this league, work on those pass rush moves, and maybe. Get him on the field quicker at inside linebacker, perhaps. Craig, I, I, I'm I'm curious with uh, Thomas Sanders, and when you look at Luketa, from a standpoint of they're going to be inactive, and you're hoping one or two of these guys pan out, and and they can do a little bit th- different things. Like when you look at uh, Sanders, he's strictly an outside linebacker slash defensive end. When you look at Cameron Thomas, they, Steve talked about him playing inside linebacker defensive end. Lucada inside on the defensive line. Yes, right, exactly. But I mean, to a point where he could put his hand in the dirt. So I like the fact that these guys can do a couple different things than strictly just rush the passer. And that versatility, because the more you can do, the better your chances of sticking, making that fifty-three man roster, and making sure you're an option to be active on Sundays. Yes, and I know at the end we're going to talk about possibly what they're going to do, but I, I do think bringing in a veteran defensive line would go a long way. One other note on Lucada as we talk about that inside linebacker position. You know it's Isaiah Simmons, Zavin Collins, and Nick Vigil, but if Lucada looking for, uh, not a comp, but someone maybe that can make a name for himself on special teams and then develop into an inside linebacker or even an outside linebacker, Tanner Vallejo and Joe Walker, Ezekiel Turner, those are three – that's half of your inside linebacker room. Those are core special teams player, and then when injuries happen, all of a sudden Walker needed to be available. 
Vallejo needed to be available, and maybe that's the route that Jesse Lucada takes as far as Good making a name for himself, whether it's outside or inside yeah, linebacker. Yeah, Nick Vigil, to me, I, I think they're good at inside linebacker, and the guys you mentioned are more special teams players in depth. Uh, yeah, but uh, again, it, I do think you know just bringing in a veteran defensive lineman, I think that will help just kind of you know look at the roster now. If if you want to look at the outside linebackers, I think what do they have six or seven now? They have seven outside linebackers. Excuse me, they have eight outside linebackers. And that's recently when they claimed the, the claimed the guy that was here. Well, you're adding Lucada as an outside linebacker. Okay. So I mean, if, okay. if you want to say seven and a half, I mean, <laughs> okay. So I don't. I mean, I don't know if they're going to add to that position. I think it's more defensive line. Okay, I. I understand. I mean, as far as number-wise, I understand what you're saying, but I'll say this again, and I've been fairly consistent here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As far as an edge rusher, someone getting to the quarterback from an outside linebacker standpoint, not hand in the dirt, but standing up, you have Marcus Golden, and now all of a sudden you're going to rely on Cameron Thomas or my Jay Sanders? Um, I'm hoping to rely on guys like um, Dennis Gardeck, uh, again, I, we talked about this yesterday. I just think it's got to be by, by committee. But I want to see. I want to see. I want to see one more outside linebacker, a veteran on the outside that can come in and be that week one starter, that, and then see what a Gardeck, a Thomas, and Sanders can do. I'm just saying the guys they have right now. You're not cutting those guys for. You know, I think all those guys make the roster. Correct. The the outside linebackers. Oh, let's see what they do in the off season, and let's see what they do in training. Camp. Right, but I, they're, they're, nothing is guaranteed on any of these draft picks outside of maybe the. I tight just end. think when you're drafted in the third round and possibly the one in the sixth, you're going to play. I think Sanders, um, Thomas, um, Lakita, they're, they're going to play. I just think that I mean, it's depth. I don't know if they're going to start. Like you said, we'll just wait for the season to start to see how much reps they're getting, but. I don't have I – mean, listen, I, I thought about Carlos Dunlap, but I don't know if he fits. I mean, I, it, so, and I thought of Anthony Barn. He's not really an outside linebacker. So, the, I mean, I do think they're going to address it, and, then, you know, we'll wake up in July and we'll find out they're bringing somebody else in. And that could be – I think the time time signing this year is Hollywood Brown. Uh, time time sign is more, at least for me, is more of a late off season training camp guy where you can pluck someone off the street and all of a sudden that guy contributes right away. But I just think like the, the fact that the trade and and people aren't really there's some saying, "Wait, how, how, you know this guy? How did you give up a first round pick?" But I mean, you, we we talked about it. You got an established player who's not even in his prime right now at 24 years old. I do like what you said about defensive line and specific specifically defensive tackle because you got J.J. Watt, Zach Allen on the outside, but it's Rashard Lawrence, Lucky Fotu, Michael Dogby as far as that push up the middle. We talked about the Cardinals addressing the offensive guard to contain that up-the-middle pressure, but does this team have consistent pressure up front on its own defense? I know they like Rashard Lawrence, Lucky Fotu. We all like them. But have they developed quick enough to where now all of a sudden, what do you do? Is there a veteran defensive tackle out there? Or is there someone on the market that did not get their name called during these three days of the National Football League draft to where defensive tackle becomes a focal point? Yeah, Steve mentioned that the list should come out tomorrow. So obviously follow azcardinals.com. Yeah, I mean, it's just just to where I, I just look at 
listen, the roster, you should never be satisfied. And if we learned over the years, what they do is whoever the last player is at every position, if there's somebody out there better, that's how you you basically turn the roster over. That's what they've been doing for a long time. So um, we'll see the numbers. I'm, I'm curious to see how many of these guys are practice squad guys. And, and But I do think you're going to have to – I would bring in some defensive tackles this weekend or the rookie, rookie minicamp mini camp. Yeah, coming up just so you can kick the tires. In worst-case scenario, they could be practice squad guys, you know, just kind of – you know, because right now you got to figure six of those seven guys are going to make the roster right just based on the experience – when you look at Lucky and Rashad and Zach. Now, if, if Marcus Golden can give him, again, a double-digit sacks, Zach Allen had four. Maybe he gets the five-and-a-half. J.J., if he plays 15 games, maybe he gives you five-and-a-half. Um, and then you got to hope that somebody else comes in, whether it's Gardeck. Um, but if 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 Mark if, um, Golden can give you at least double-digit sacks, that will definitely go a long way. I just think this team needs something yeah. else, yeah. something more to address it. that. Otherwise, you're going to ask Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, Jeff Gladney, those entire defensive backs to work harder than they really need to if there's not consistent pressure on the quarterback. Well, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to Vance there because I, I know he's going to come up with a game plan. It's just it's based on every week, and if he if they feel really feel like Gladney, and you hear that all the good side, we'll see it on the field. If they can play man to man, and you, again these quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball two point five seconds, so you can have great pressure, and we talk about you know hurries, pressures, and knockdowns get him off his spot. The secondary has to cover forever. You're, you you got to make the quarterback uncomfortable, and I think that's what Vance's scheme is every single week. So defensive tackle, I think we're both in agreement yeah. as far as undrafted rookie free agents. What about some other positions? There's three quarterbacks on the roster. Typically you bring four to training camp, so maybe there is an undrafted rookie free agent that this team signs or no. Well, I thought they were going to draft one, but when when you're looking at some of those late picks, you know you got a defensive back who's got really good size, you got a linebacker that can do a couple things, and then your guard just based on the uh, who's under. Con- I, I think safety. They, I mean, again, Wiggins probably more of a special teams guy. Deontay Thompson, I think we know what he is. You got to stay healthy. I, the one-two punch is great, but I think you got to get some depth there. And you know, obviously, Chris Banjil, Charles Washington. Um, but I, I, yeah, I th- still on the market I, right now. But I, that's the known that maybe the Cardinals. Yeah. I re-sign. thought I know that they wanted to draft a safety, but clearly when you look at the guard situation in the future, and then getting a, a, a tall corner, that made more sense. But safety definitely, and 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 I think whoever they try to bring in, whether it's a young guy or a veteran or retain, um, there's going to be a spot for him at least on the depth chart. Five safeties right now. And more of an unknown after Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. Deontay Thompson just one can't stay healthy and just hasn't developed. James Wiggins, more of a special teams guy. You got Javon Hagan, who was signed to a futures deal. So that's that's five right there. So I like what you said as far as adding undrafted rookie free agents and then maybe another cornerback or two because you're never satisfied with your depth at the cornerback position. Yeah, and you know, Cliff made a comment over the weekend or the last couple of days about how Antonio Hamilton came in here and gave this team a lift. And he's another guy that if you're active on game day, you're going to have to play on teams. I'll say this, though. I do feel more comfortable at wide receiver. Yep. 
obviously, with the acquisition of Marquise Brown. And I'm intrigued with the tight end position with Trey McBride and still the question mark. And maybe that question mark is getting bigger and maybe it's in bold and maybe it's underlined with respects to Max Williams and how much the McBride pick was because it was the board and how much in the back of the minds of the general manager and everyone else in that draft room we don't know about Max Williams. Yeah, I mean, until we know further, he's he's in the building every day. Like I said, I don't need to see him in off-season workouts, um, you know, in training camp. You know, maybe he takes, you know, first couple of days, but he's going to get into football shape, and he'll do everything in his power to be out there in week one. So I, I think it's just a matter of time for him. But it's also going to open up the door for guys like Trey McBride. I mean, he's going to get more reps. And, you know, I don't want Zach Ertz practicing every single day. So try to figure out who's going to be your third, fourth, and fifth uh, tight end. The draft is done. If you want to know how this all came about as far as the draft preparation, Cardinals Flight Plan Episode 2 Draft Vision is available on the team's official YouTube page. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. Again, that is Episode 2 Draft Vision. There will be an Episode 3 to discuss these eight new faces and the inner workings inside that draft room as far as how these eight picks become Arizona Cardinals. Craig and Danny Serac and, and also Paul Calvin VC and the crew here, you've been doing some uh, double, double double duty, so to speak. But uh, you guys sounded great, great information. It was nice that you guys were on when the Cardinals were making picks. I mean, that we, you know, we obviously there's NFL rules for that, um, but it, you know you kept everyone glued to it until the, the pick was over. So did you enjoy it? It was a lot of fun. I had a blast working uh, Cardinals Draft Central all three days, and then coming out here post draft on Cardinals Cover here Two. Here you can as relax well. a little bit. Yeah. Well, we're like, yeah, and, and just let you carry the show. No, 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 no. I mean, so if I had to ask you one question before we go, and I think I know the answer, but I'm going to let What is your biggest question mark? Now, we say Judge Roger in September. What's your biggest question mark? Is it what I think it is? Oh, question mark going in as far as week one is concerned? No, off se- like just where they are now, what's your biggest question mark on this team? Oh, I still want to see an edge rusher. I want to see a proven edge rusher come in as far as a signing. Now, I'm intrigued with everything else, but, yeah, as far as still a hole for me, and it's it's not a large hole. It was a gaping hole ahead of the draft, but you added three outside linebackers, maybe two and a half, depending on what they do with Lakeda. But it's been addressed, but I do th- I'd feel more comfortable if you had one more guy, a veteran guy. Couldn't agree more. That's – and again, you can get better every single position, but if if I, it's a question mark because we don't know how it's going to pan out. I mean, we're just. But I do think I would, couldn't agree more that that's an area where you can never have enough pass rushers. And in a close second, defensive tackle. Yes, and that's why I think they'll address that with a veteran. If not, get some young guys in here. But I think when you look at the rotation there, I think they got their six or seven guys going into the season. Ready to call it a day? A, I am. A, a final day? A, yeah. A, a Saturday? I'll tell you what, though. Uh, the, the first round, normally we were here till 10.30 or 11. That wasn't the case because once they made the trade, they came down. Everyone was excited. And then day two. So it's been great. Um, and, uh, you know, tomorrow I'll, I'll look at all the numbers and see where we go from all there. All the grades and yeah, people I, trying to figure out I, what I, project. Well, I, <laughs> I, I think they were asking Danny what her grade was when she's on Channel 12 tonight with uh, – Cameron Cox and Paul Kelby's. I think she gave him a B or B plus. I did not hear it, so I'll have to wait and see. Okay. Teaser. Teaser. What, what <laughs> would like... you give him? B sounds good. 
It's just really, really hard. No, because it's, you, it's, it's, it's all it, the unknown. But, but if, as far as if you're addressing positions yeah, and I mean, addressing needs. We, we don't know if any of these guys are going to pan out. Yeah. But going into the draft, and we, we've talked about it, what they don't do in free agency, I think they, you know, besides safety, and you, you only had, you know, X amount of picks. Um, and next year, hopefully, draft capital will have more picks. And maybe, you know, they're picking a little bit later in, in the first round. So, yeah, I, I, I would give them a B, B plus. I mean, I. Again, I, I really like the class, and I guess we'll find out three years from now. Yeah, and we'll begin to figure out in a couple of weeks when the rookie mini camp begins. And we'll take a look at the NFC West because the Niners drafted a couple running backs, and I think that was because they don't want Debo Samuel running the football. And they, and Seattle improved their offensive line. They got a running back. Um, you know, they, they want to run the ball, so we'll see. But we'll go through the, uh, the NFC West because that's who the Cardinals are competing against. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.